The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In order to stay ahead of your competition, a lot of your success rises or falls based on your current marketing plan. Get ready for the Mojo Marketing Edge Radio Show. Today, hosts Ira Rosen and Corey Michael Sanchez will open up your awareness of the many different ways to market your business and reap major results. Now, here is the team behind Mojo Video Marketing, Ira and Corey. Hello, hello, Corey Michael Sanchez here. This is Mojo Marketing Edge. We are from MojoVideoMarketing.com, and i got Ira Rosen here who's also joining in. Ira, you there? I'm here, and welcome, everyone. We have another killer show with an amazing guest, and uh, this guest uh, will just knock your socks off. He was involved in the Obama campaign uh, with social media, and this guy has a resume longer than my arm as far as achievements and accomplishments. So uh, grab some paper and pen and take some copious notes because you're in for a real treat here. Right, Corey? That's right. And that's really quite the statement because Ira has pretty long arms. They're like gorilla arms. So <laughs> to have a resume longer than them is pretty <laughs> pretty impressive. Hey, so, I'll do the jokes on this show. Okay? <laughs> all right. So, so let's roll. Let's, um, let's go right to our guests because we've got a lot, of, a lot of things to cover here in a very short amount of time. So let me, it's my pleasure to really introduce David Bullock, and uh, David has got some amazing things that he's done over his career. I mean, he's, he started off in in positions at Mobile Oil and DuPont, and as well as uh, Fanuc Robotics in North America, and he learned about some really high-level statistical manufacturing process, really into the details here. In fact, he uses, one of his tools is he uses the Taguchi method, and it's a process that was originally developed for manufacturing, and, and one of the things that David's big on is, is he used it to rapidly test a variety of web page headlines, text and visuals. He's big on split testing. He's, he's big on using these methods and bringing them to the internet marketing world, which is huge. And that's how he really became a front runner in ad optimization and became a huge specialist in that. In fact, so much so that he really got in, involved and very interested in in how politics and, and social media and internet marketing really kind of comes together. In fact, he co-authored a book called Barack 2.0, which basically brought about his perspective on social media and how Barack Obama really used blogging, used social media in order to really create an entire vortex where it allowed him to, to really have huge success, which obviously led to many great things, including him being president. So he's, we're going to talk a little bit about his book that he's written there, we're going to talk about how he uses his, his problem-solving approaches to social media. And uh, we're, going to, we're going to talk about what's, what's next on the horizon because he's always thinking of new, creative, inventive ways to, to increase conversion quickly. So I want to introduce Mr. David Bullock. Are you there? Yes, I am. Thank you, gentlemen. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for joining here. And, 
you know, I've been I've been really excited about this because you've got a lot of great background in what you've been doing. So, uh, so so tell us, tell me a little bit. You know, I want to start with the book, and then I'm going to go into uh, dig even deeper than that. But but tell us a little bit about you know uh, writing that book and and what kind of what led you to creating that, and, and what were some of the biggest findings that you had. Okay, well, the book came from basically paying attention to what's happening in the marketplace. A lot of times, um, we don't pay attention to, to what I call rising stories in the marketplace. Back in 07, there was a young hopeful called Barack Obama who was sitting in the Senate who was looking to be the President of the United States. Now, that's a long shot for most of us, but I looked at that as a metaphor for businesses. So I said, wow, that's interesting. Let's take a look at it. And what we found was just fascinating because the Internet market at that point was pure. Social media was not even anything they was paying attention to yet. LinkedIn was a baby. Facebook had not even let the public in yet. And, and Twitter, you know, at that point, only had just only started. It was just really just like an on the fringe with the blogger types. So what brought me there was really just paying attention to there's something going on here with this, this hopeful that if I look at this as not politics, but look at it as like a business model, it may actually uncover how do you go from nowhere to somewhere in the shortest period of time using what? Content, the platforms that are available, and technology. And that's what we endeavored to do, and that's, that's where the book came from. Wow, that's amazing. You know, I'm just, I'm just really, uh, I'm, just, I'm looking at your resume here, and, you know, you're, um, you started as an engineer, Correct. Correct. Okay. Engineers usually and marketers are usually, that, that's kind of an unusual combination. And when you're telling me about all these high-level uh, visionary thought-leading uh, uh, processes, it really, um, it, it just, it, I find it so fascinating because tell me how being an engineer, how that has helped you like, create what you're just talking about right now. Just, I'm curious about that, if I may. Well, one of the things of being an engineer, I've worked with a lot of heavy equipment and a lot of technology, so one of the things I don't have is a phobia towards technology. You can put me in front of any software or any piece of equipment, and because I've worked with you know, large pieces of equipment, it doesn't scare me. So that's giving me a definite advantage. That's part one. Part two, the engineering curriculum is math and science. So getting into the details of how something works, like you can't just say, oh, well, it worked, I'm not going to ask the question as to how. And when I ask that question, how, then I can start developing what? A process. And if I create a process, then it can become scalable. And what I've noticed over the years is because I'm always looking at processes, I was actually, my title at DuPont was process engineer. So looking at what's really happening, how does it work, what resources are required, more importantly, what resources are available. Because if you're in the middle of the, of the night and, a, and something goes wrong on the plant floor and you're on a skeleton crew, guess what? You've got to work with, work with what you have. So the engineering, you know, thinking, and then more importantly, the manufacturing experience, case in point, if something goes down in the manufacturing plant, it's $5,000 in net loss a minute, which means you don't have a whole lot of time to figure, <laughs> figure, and have a paralysis of analysis. You've got to get the thing up and running quick. And I brought that same thinking and that same urgency to, you know, the business of marketing and the business of, of, of making money. And it just lends itself to a different mindset. Nice. Well, nice. I, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, and, and you have this different mindset. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of correlation there between that mindset and Taguchi. So tell us, tell us more what, what is that and what does it look like, for, especially for businesses? 
The Taguchi method, again, is out of manufacturing, and what it does is allows me to test a thousand, a thousand things or a thousand different variations by only testing a few. So just with that, it actually saves time and saves money, which is everything about, that's what manufacturing is all about. Keep the machine running. Now, where it gets interesting is because I had this split mind between engineering and manufacturing, and I understood marketing, like I was working with the AdWords for Dummies book early on when AdWords was just brand new, it allowed me to say, okay, well, if this allowed me to test a bunch of things with a few different ads, which is essentially my machine or my variations, well, maybe, just maybe, this will work with advertising and marketing. And what we found out is, was that with the testing that we could do, we could get two and 300% increases over baseline customarily because we had a framework for the testing, which was basically split testing on t- steroids, and we knew how to do something called input design, meaning the thing that really makes a test work, and this is a, a little secret, the thing that really makes a split test work is not this, the fact that you're split testing. It is what goes into the split test. So we created a whole methodology on the variations, which is akin to the, all the things that we would test on the floor, whether something's going to be hot, cold, or warm, whether something's going to be at 100% or 2%. All those, those things in manufacturing have very significant metaphors or analogies into test marketing. Wow, that's amazing. It's, um, yeah, you're really drilling this way down, and I've never heard anybody go this deep on on test and measuring and, you know, really looking at, because you really can't, you know, as we all would agree we can't, you can't manage what you don't measure. And so mm-hmm. it's really, um, uh, you know, it's, it's, I just think it's fascinating. I mean, Corey, I mean, uh, this is something that really, we really, um, you know, I'm sure after this call we're going to want to implement some of these uh, strategies uh, regarding, how, you know, how do you really get the best data all together because, if you just throw spaghetti against the wall, and that's really what most entrepreneurs do, they don't really, uh, they don't really assess. Most, most businesses don't really look at what they're doing. They just kind of run blindly. I mean, wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. Well, see, it's, it's not so much that they're running blindly. They don't know what they're looking for because there's been no market left. I mean, if you look at a typical ad, you look at it as a system, it's engineering talk applied to marketing and business. You've got a couple things going on here. you got this thing called traffic. Okay, my question is, what's the source of the traffic? What's the disposition of the traffic? Was it pay-per-click? Was it SEO? Was it social media traffic? Those are three different types of, of, of traffic sources. Then you look at the ad. Well, what's in the ad? Is it a text ad or is it an image ad? Each one of those pieces is its own system. And when you can isolate what's coming into the system, what happens within the system, and then what leaves it with the system in terms of a result whether it be an opt-in or a sale, see, when you start breaking it down in those pieces and parts, it's not overwhelming, and you can look at it piece by piece, and you just start stacking Lego block on top of Lego block until you said, okay, that source with that ad, with that message, placed during this time of day to these people makes me this amount of money. Once you lock that in, then it's just a matter of sending more traffic into something that you know works. Got it. And so, so let's talk about that from, I'm very curious. I mean, what is the number one thing that when you go into any kind of business, right, and you're looking at optimizing their processes, their flows and all that stuff, typically, I mean, what is the number one thing that you do first in your optimization process? And what is the most profitable thing that you always look at first? Hmm, what's working? I come in and find out where are you right now? A lot of the times, 
consultants especially start looking into the future and they never look at what's happening right now. You may have had processes, you may have had campaigns that worked in the past, but you got tired of them before the market did. So when I start asking the question, well, where's your traffic and what were you doing before? Where were you most profitable? Typically, it starts with an orientation. I find a lot of gold nuggets right there because a lot of times, like I said, the market shifts, but either you didn't or you shifted and the market didn't. When you check to see just that piece on orientation, the discovery part is the part that typically unfolds so much great information, and then from there you can start amplifying that which works and diminishing that which is not. And then just knowing that little piece right there, you can start reducing your traffic, increasing your profitability, and spending less time and effort because, again, if something's been working for 20 years but you weren't paying attention to it, pay attention to it and get it to work better, and you're typically good to go. Nice, nice. You know, David, you talk about story leverage. And, you know, let's talk about that for a moment and maybe give us an example of, you know, what what, story leverage, what is that? And uh, uh, I'm curious. And then what, give me, give me a great story. And I'm sure you've got a lot of those that are maybe a story mismatch. Okay. Um, Story leverage. What story leverage is everything that you're dealing with right now is, 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 is within the framework of a story. Let me tell you what that really means. Traffic, social media traffic. There is a story around Social media traffic, meaning who are the players? What are the platforms? Who's on, on any of these social media platforms? Which ones are on? Because the people who are on Facebook are very different than the people on Twitter, who are very different than the people who are on, say, you know, social, a social network for music. Okay? Very different demographics, psychographics. People call the story demographics or psychographics, but that typically gets to be a little bit complicated. Just say, what's the story on that? Now, it goes a little bit deeper. Because when you look at the business owner, depending on his disposition or his story, he may or may not not look certain places to make his money or look certain places to get his clientele. He may say, oh, I'm not good at math, therefore I'm not even going to do pay-per-click. But wait a minute, but that could work for you. But he has a story that doesn't allow him to go look where something is. So that just basically tells me that everything that we do, the ads, the traffic, the business owner, the business owner himself – the offer that he has, the marketplace, everything is, is, is basically framed into a story. And to take it a step further, story leverage is defined by these basic four stories. Your story as the messenger and or business owner and what your disposition is. The market story, meaning the marketplace has its own conditions of satisfaction. The competition is there. The platforms are there. And then you have the client, the person who's going to buy the product. He's in a certain conversation that's predicated on a story that is informed by the market. And then all of that is sitting on top of what's happening right now, meaning what's happening politically and what's happening economically. What's the general news right now? So that when I say story leverage, it's not just one story. It's all these stories basically colliding with each other. And when you dissect them, and you find out what stories are working with other ones, you can actually align those. And when you align the stories, value exchange can occur. The proper language can be brought out. That's what I mean by story leverage. And that's, I mean, over the last 10 years when I've been developing this, this is primarily what I've been using. Now, as far as the story on mismatch, let me give you this one. There's a major manufacturer of robotics here in the United States. They're called Kawasaki Robotics. I happened to be at a, uh, working with them at a trade show. Now, here's what happened. 
They were in the second auditorium in the very back of this trade show. And they pictured this. It's Chicago. It's January. It's cold outside. People have flown in from all over the world. They were at an automation show. Very back auditorium. No one would know they were there. But yet, they had lines of people coming back to their booth for some reason. What did they have? They had a motorcycle. Why? People know that Kawasaki makes motorcycles. They're one of the only manufacturers that has robots as well as what? A motorcycle, <laughs> which gathered people's attention. Here's where the story mismatch occurred. They were gathering name, email address, and phone number, and company name, because people wanted a shot to win this motorcycle, which was sitting at the front of the booth. The marketing director, in the infinite wisdom, I stepped into the back of the booth, and I saw they had two garbage bags of leads. <laughs> now, from those two garbage bags of leads, I asked the question, what are you going to do with those? They said, nothing. I said, why not? They said, well, did these leads aren't any good. And I said, why not? They said, because they, they signed up for the motorcycle. They're really not interested in robots. Now, let's look at the story alignment that was out here. They were in the right place at a robotic show. They had the right product, a robot. They had spent over probably $200,000, including time, travel, and personnel, to gather those leads. But because they did not see that the leads were the proper ones, they did not have any value on those leads. Now, most people would say, oh, my gosh, that's just who would do something like that? But wait a minute. If you have any piece of content that you are not using right now, if you don't, have, if you don't use all the products and services and platforms that you have at your disposal right now to further your message and or to attract the attention of the marketplace, you're doing the exact same thing that that particular company was doing. And that is what I call story mismatch not seeing the value alignment. Wow. Well, it, when, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to hear more about what brands are doing, are telling the story correctly. And we're going to talk about how it relates to you and what are your next steps when it comes to business process optimization. So we're going to be back in just a moment with David Bullitt. Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com There's always one thing that will take your business from being where it is right now to where you want it to be. One thing that determines the difference between failure and success. Customers and clients, that's the only one place they come from, leads. If you don't have leads, you don't have a business. Leads are like oxygen. Corey and I are going to show you the 10 proven ways to generate an unlimited supply of leads. We're going to give you private access to a proprietary system for free. It's called the Mojo Lead Mastery. This program guarantees you'll never have to wonder where your next lead comes from. Let's start creating the business you've always wanted and deserved. Let's get those leads fired up right now. You can start using our 10 award-winning tactics and tips. Go to Mojo Lead Mastery and get your free trial in the Mojo Lead Mastery program. That's MojoLeadMastery.com. You take the first step, we'll take the rest with you. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. 
The Sharon Kleiner Hour is health from an environmental perspective. Your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to The Mojo Marketing Edge. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to connect at mojovideomarketing.com. Now, back to this week's show. All right, we're back with David Bullock, and we're talking about business process optimization, which is very stellar stuff. David was the uh, the author of uh, Barack 2.0 and uh, just amazing stuff he's got going. So, you know, he's talking about brands and, and companies that have um, that create great stories and ones that are mismatched in that. So, so David, what are some examples of brands that you think they're doing their storytelling and they're they're matching up almost perfectly? Oh gosh, Coca Cola, based out of Atlanta, they have a masterful story going on. Why? They've tied, for lack of a better term, sugared water with carbonation in it, and they've tied that to the emotion of living a good life. It is amazing if you look at, again, look at the product and look at what they have there. They have a panda bear that, is, that shows up during the Christmas time who's all cute and cuddly. You have, you have these smiles and these bubbles and fizzes. Their story alignment is great, but let's look at it. They have a history that goes back, what, well over 100 years, which is great. But more importantly, they know that they, what the client wants. The client wants to link good times, or they've linked good times with their product. You can't, you, there's nothing, I mean, no matter what you say about Coca-Cola, you, all you can think of is, while I was in this place, I heard this song, I was at this sporting event, I was with this family member with their particular product. That's story leverage. They've created a whole emotional performance and or story around their product. I can't think of, I'm sitting here now trying to think of who else had a great story. Akia, Akia Furniture, you know, little furniture company, and they've created this story that is, is mod, it's hip, it's easy to use, and it's, and it's easy to construct. Very easy to, be, to put this thing together very quickly. Again, companies where you think of the name and you think of a good experience had their story leverage down pat. Wow, that's, that's amazing because really what they're doing is, um, you know, there's a lot of NLP that goes into a brand like that where they're, they're really creating a uh, sensory experience, taking them into the future, and, um, and then they have this, you know, it's almost like a, a permanent uh, uh, and, uh, message embedded in their conscious and subconscious mind, which triggers emotions. So it's, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, uh, it doesn't really get any better than that. But that, that's a great example of Coca-Cola because, yeah, sugar and water and, you know, a panda bear and the good life. Are you kidding me? But they, they pulled it off and uh, it's, uh, it's, yeah, that is interesting. So how do you see technology uh, in business now, because things are changing 
so quickly. I mean, they say every year and a half, information doubles. So, you know, what, what do you see in the horizons here coming up? Mm, well, that, that question is, is, is great because I, I go the opposite way. Look at this. Technology. Technology does nothing more than make things vast and fast, meaning right now on the telephone I can have a, a cell phone in my pocket and I can speak to anyone on the planet, or I could use something like Skype and for less than that see or speak to someone anywhere else on the planet. That's what technology does. It saves time and it allows our reach to get better. Because technology really is no more than an extension of the human body. It allows us to see further, throw our voice further, and experience things even if we're not there, meaning we can get it out of real time. So since that's the case, it's been doing that since the beginning, since we started, you know, to whisper in each other's ears, and now we have telephones, I tend to stop worrying about so much about technology and look at the principles. Because you, we can, as business owners, get really missile and really distracted with the technology drop back and say, okay, um, I guess technology is going to continue to be vast and fast. Yep, it's going to keep on moving. As a business owner, what I would say is don't get caught up into that. I would say if you have something that works, keep on using it and really take a step back. Like with your software that you use for LinkedIn, LinkedIn is here. The Internet is here. The question is how can I really leverage this to get more reach and to save time? The bright, shiny object syndrome is inherent with technology. That's marketing. The question I, I pose to every business owner is, do you really need that to contain your message, communicate your message, have a way for the people to communicate back with you, to have a conversation that leads to commerce via conversion? If, it does, if, if you can't answer that question about this next thing that you're getting ready to embark upon because it's new technology, I would say stand down. Because for me personally... The computer I have is three or four years old. Why? It works and it's three years old. I don't need the best and brightest one. Now, please understand, this comes from a guy who came out of manufacturing, and there is something called planned obsolescence. Technology is rampant planned obsolescence. Why do you have to have the new phone? Didn't the other one work well? Did it or didn't it? Did it still throw your voice across the ethers into someone else's ear? If it did, keep using it because that way you can maintain profitability and that way you can also maintain sanity because every time you get a different, a different or a new tool, you have a learning curve. And you really got to be clear that the learning curve is worth it and you're really going to get ROI, return on investment, on both information and the technology itself. So, again, I have a little bit of a contrarian view on technology, but, again, I'll blame on the fact that I'm an engineer and I've been making stuff for the last 25 years. <laughs> Right on, <clears throat> and we're big proponents of if it, if it ain't broke, don't you know you don't have to fix it, right? So, one of the things that I know you love to use is uh, paperclick, right? Because it's, yeah, you know. So tell us more about that. Why why do you love paperclick so much, and why is it a huge method for business owners? Oh well, paperclick. First of all, you can get the keyword. I call it the keyword conversation, which is current. When that person types in that keyword in that search engine, they're looking for one thing. And you know what that thing is based on the fact that they had an idea, traveled down their spine, and hit their fingertips, hit the keyboard, and Google, God bless them, will even spell it right for them. So you know the exact conversation that they're in. Part one. Part two is scalable, meaning once you know what the keyword conversation is, pay-per-click did not exist before SEO. SEO existed first. Once you know what keywords work, you know how to SEO. When you know how to SEO, 
then you know how to spread out with your media buys. That one keyword campaign that you do with pay-per-click allows you to actually scale to SEO, scale into media, and also you now know the language of the marketplace. And we know the language of the marketplace, commerce and currency does not move without a communication line in place. Those keywords within your pay-per-click account, when you get a keyword set into an ad and into a landing page that works, that's gold. Because you, from there, you can go just about anywhere with that product. Got it. So do you need an engineer mindset to do all this, or do you need to hire somebody with that kind of mentality? Or, you know, I mean, is this really accessible to most business owners? I mean, how do they do that? Oh, absolutely. All of it's accessible. I mean, I, I just, again, I, sometimes it's a handicap because of some of the work that I've done, and I'm glad you asked that question. No. If you understand something as simple as how do you make a request, what do you say to a customer when you're getting ready to tell them about your product, not sell them, tell them. And then you can ask your client, what is it that you were purchasing when you bought my product? If you just record that conversation, you will get the language of the marketplace and you'll see how your language matches up with the language of the marketplace. That, we learned all that before we were five years old when we learned how to make requests like, Mom, I want some milk. You know, you knew how to make a request, and your customers are making requests of you all the time. I'll give you a simple thing to do. If you ask your best customers, the ones that you love to work with, why they bought from you, and you record the conversation, and then you take the conversation and you actually go get that transcribed, and then go find the keywords that they use in their conversation to describe the problem that they had, why they picked you, why they enjoy working with you, Guess what? That's the start of your keyword campaign right there within pay-per-click. That's not an engineer's mind to do that. That's just looking at what communication is because nothing moves on the planet in sales, plane, train, or automobile without content or conversation hitting the person's eyes or ears first. That's just an is. Basic observation. Excellent, excellent. So it's, yeah, it's really, and it's really about storytelling. Who can tell their story the best in the most compelling, um, insightful, memorable way? Uh, you, you know, you've worked with, you know, really thousands of uh, entrepreneurs out there in the marketplace. What are, you know, what are the things that you see that, uh, you know, mistakes that are commonly made by entrepreneurs that, you know, from your eyes, you know, and I know a lot of these things that you see probably you just, you can't believe, you know, what you're seeing. But what are, what are some of the obvious things that, that you think are really barriers for people having success? Um, number one is unnecessary, unnecessary infrastructure. And that's the idea that you have to have the big office and you have to have the best autoresponder service and you have to have so many different things. You really just, here's what I say. You need to find out where your client is and how do you get to them. How do you communicate with them? And then how can they communicate back to you in a way to collect the money? A lot of times we go so far as to handle the branding and the website and the colors and all this infrastructure, but we haven't made as business owners any money yet with the project. The key is you develop a brand while you're making money and as you're making money. You don't develop the brand before you're making money because the offer is what people buy. Test the offer first. And a lot of times people don't test their offer first. They have the idea, they move into the marketplace, they build all this infrastructure around it, they have not tested the offer, they have not tested the idea, they have not tested market acceptance, they have not tested 
going into the market and find out if the customer or the prospect is even listening for that particular situation to be solved. And that's, I think that, I think that folds a lot of companies, just that part right there. Right. So what are the best ways to test that offer that you found that are the easiest to gather the data and know what to do next? Mm. Number one way is pay-per-click is, is doable, especially pay-per-click within social media right now, especially if you have a B2C offer. Pay-per-click within social media works, again, B2C. If you have a B2B offer, well, there's a couple ways. LinkedIn is one of them, and that's a great marketplace, and your, your software facilitates that. The other thing that they can do is they can just start networking, get a business card, low expense, Hone your offer because if you hone your offer to two or three sentences, guess what that becomes? That becomes your ad within pay-per-click. That becomes your elevator pitch when you speak to people. And, and then the other thing that I would say to do, if they just really want to start, the, for lack of a better term, the right way, is start showing up on people's platforms or to audiences that already have the people you want to talk to. And then have the conversation, tell your story, speak your offer, and then let the marketplace move towards you. If you get in front of the right people already with, an, for lack of a better term, an endorsement, speaking to the people that you want to speak to, already hitting your audience, they already know, like, and trust them, then that know, like, and trust credibility rubs off on you. And all you're saying is, I have this available to you, the unique way that I deliver it, whether it be a product or a service. Those are the easiest ways to come into the marketplace that most companies don't partake of and then word of mouth even starts moving at those levels easier and cheaply. And those leads coming to you are qualified. Why? They've already heard your, your qualifications, already heard your conversation, and already heard your offer, and then they're moving toward you as opposed to you moving towards them. Excellent. You know, um, I read an article a while back. It was from the Harvard Business Review, and I'm going to get your uh, slant on this. They said the number one, one of the biggest mistakes that entrepreneurs made was they, were, they got stuck in product development <laughs> and, cre- and creation way, way too long. And they yeah. said that 75% of them went way beyond the time that they should have been in there you know, switching, putting on their marketing and sales hat and actually generating revenue. And a lot of times companies run out of money before they even get into business. You know, why don't you speak to that? Because I, that, that I, you know, we all see that a lot, but I think that's a, such a common misstep. And maybe give me your thoughts on that. Um, I, it's funny. I just had a conversation with a, a friend of mine who actually raises money for a company. And he said a profound thing. He says sometimes the only money the company makes is on the raise when they're actually getting capital. And yeah, they said companies spend too much time figuring, figuring about what the product's going to be and how it's going to look and who's going to buy it instead of taking a piece of that product or a piece of that service, even if it's just the information, the conversation around it, meaning what problem does it solve and going to market with that quickly. If you truly know a way to build the best mousetrap on the planet. You can easily take the information around building the best mousetrap, even just having the plans for the best mousetrap, and start monetizing those. Because, again, goes back to story leverage. You can monetize the information, monetize the data, even monetize your run-up into the particular market that you're in. You can leverage that. It's leverageable. I mean, I was working with a company, one of my clients that had an energy efficiency product where they were basically putting monitors on people's homes. It was going to take them two years 
to get the product ready for market, per se. I said, wait a minute, but you've done a lot of work on energy efficiency and what someone can do in their home to reduce the cost of their electric bill, their gas bill, and whatnot. They said, oh, absolutely. We have reams of that, 2,000 pages. I said, why don't we put that together in an e-book, sell the e-book, have self-liquidating leads, develop a list so when your product comes out, you have self-liquidating leads that have already been vetted and they've already moved towards you. They did that, and they turned out that the information, the information product that they had, made so much more money, so much more, so much easier than them actually going to manufacture with the product itself, because wow. the time was wow. right. And so every business can take a step back and say, "What can I sell now?" As I'm in R and D, there's always something that someone will will buy from them. Now, here's where it gets even more interesting. Say you're in product category A, energy efficiency, and you haven't gotten your product together yet, nor do you even have your information product in order yet. But wait a minute. Does someone else have a product that you can start selling to the marketplace that you're moving into? Because then you get to know the product, you get to know how the product is being sold, and you get to, go, you get to know the market by using someone else's R&D. Most companies will say, oh, no, we want our own product. Wait a minute. If you're an affiliate or you strike up a relationship so you're getting commission on selling to X market that you're going to be going to anyway, why not get a, an understanding of that marketplace and how to sell to them? Why not? Makes sense. Then you develop your own product and keep more of the profits, but you were making money and you're moving forward on a little bit less of the profits, but at least you weren't dead in the water. Right absolutely. On. Yeah, absolutely. No, this is fabulous. So some interesting concepts here for companies that maybe they haven't taken a look at and, and uh, quite often, you know, these are the one things that will help them get momentum. And we're always talking about that. When, when it comes to our clients and our campaigns, we're like, how can we get them launched now? So this is huge. So we're speaking right now with David Bullock. We're going to come back here in just a moment. We're going to talk more about how to optimize any business to create an automated six-figure income. So we'll be right back. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. 
Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to The Mojo Marketing Edge. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to connect at mojovideomarketing.com. Now, back to this week's show. All right, we're back. Corey Michael Sanchez here, Ira Rose in mojovideomarketing.com. We're with David Bullock, who's spilling the beans on how to optimize any business to create an automated six-figure income. So... David, I want to ask you a specific question because we always like to relate things back to leads because that's very important for what we're mm. doing here. So how do you get your leads for your customers and the people you work with? Well, the way, the way that I'm finding works great now is I'm doing a lot of networking. I, I've gone back into the people that I've done business with and done business for over the years, and, and we st- strike up and say, well, what are you doing now? And I'm, I'm finding things like the guys I've used to, I worked for years ago, then they were engineers and now the vice presidents and or directors of some of the companies that we used to work for. And that, that is just an easy way to say, well, what are you doing now? What do you need? And because I'm in the marketplace, that's where the leads are coming from. There are a lot of them are business owners now. They were employees at one point and now they're out in the business. And what I'm noticing is that Facebook is great, not just for showing the latest thing I had for breakfast or for dinner, but linking to people that ordinarily would have been, for, for lack of a better term, forgotten about. You're still connected to them somehow. And so what I'm asking there is I'm going back and saying, well, I'm doing this, and what are you doing now? And that's where I'm getting a majority of my business now. And the other thing that I'm doing, which I'm having great success on, is going into other people's audiences. They're doing interviews like this one. If business owners really understood the power of interviewing in other people's audiences and just telling your story, making an offer, and letting your voice or your story do the qualification for you, that's what I'm doing a lot of now. I'm doing a lot of webinars. I'm doing a lot of teleseminars, doing a lot of interviews, getting articles placed in major publications, and all of those help to just bring leads coming in already qualified, wanting to talk to me because they already know what I'm about. They can tell by, by the energy and the companies I work with and work for, whether it's a fit or not. And then we just have a simple conversation and then move forward. And that's with businesses both at the higher levels, meaning Fortune 500, but also that goes for the people who have a simple website. And they're, I'm working with a client right now that I just took on who has a yoga site. He does basically goes around, he takes the people um, – locally, has a newsletter and whatnot, and he's a client of mine. Why? Because it's fun, and I like to work with businesses high, at the high end and the low end. Now, let me tell you where this gets interesting. Because I haven't niched myself like I only work with chiropractors or I only work with plumbers and that type of thing, I've seen everything from jet planes 
to a bottle of vitamins. So everything in between is a detail, whether it be selling oil or selling nylon, it doesn't really matter. After a while, you start seeing patterns. And as I start seeing more and more patterns, the businesses start to start to seem more and more identical to me. And so now I just walked into a place the other day to get some barbecue. And by the time I walked out, the gentleman had my business card and he's saying, I'm going to call you because we need some help. So be it. You can find business anywhere if you keep your eyes open and if you have an offer that is scalable up or down for the client or possible prospect that you're speaking to. Well, you know, that's, you know, kudos to you, uh, David, because, I mean, what I'm seeing here is one of the things you obviously have is this thing that we call social influence or social capital. And, you know, you're going back to, you know, old relationships and, you know, it's been said that it costs five or ten times more to go back to your existing clients uh, than go out and find new people because you already have those relationships and just nurture them and start the conversation again. So I think that's really, I think that's really brilliant um, that you're doing that because you have, you know, I'm sure a lot of these people you've known for many years, and everyone's situation is different than it was even last year. And you know, how can you serve them and so forth? So uh, that's interesting how you're going. Back. And so a lot of it is, you know, like the networking uh, is it, networking still works. It's um, it's not cool, hot, or sexy, but it does work, and that's why we still, to this day, even though we have all this technology around us, uh, it, 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 there's nothing like a face-to-face meeting versus, mm-hmm. say, a, a Skype or whatever. I mean, wouldn't you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, technology is, is definitely le- leverageable, meaning if you can't meet with someone face-to-face, well, look, let's take it a step back, Ira. Um, right now, people are hiding behind the computer. They're just yes. trying to email. They're just trying to Skype and chat. They're just trying. No, people aren't even getting on the phone like they used to. The phone is a wonderful tool for business, and people are trying to hide behind their website or hide behind their email list. I mean, think about it. You collect a whole bunch of names. Let's say you have 100,000 people on a list, but you don't have a relationship with any of them. How can you get to know, like, and trust just via email? You can't. People connect with voices. People connect with your energy. People connect with the story of you. Who are you? Are you a father? Are you a business owner? How long have you been doing it? Where did you come from? Those stories are what people connect to. And if we don't take the time as business owners to tell our story, because what is sales 101 set? Be, have a unique product in the marketplace. If you don't have a unique product or service, then offer it uniquely. Guess what? They will never get the uniqueness of you unless you connect with them directly. And sometimes it's your voice. Now, that can be automated, meaning you can go out on any of these particular um, channels. It can be played back. It can be listened to. It can be read. But there's something about hearing a voice and connecting with someone which makes a lasting impression. I mean, the whole know, like, and trust is what sales is all about. And you can get that with people who can, you can, they get to know you so that they can like you and can trust you. And I think we're hiding behind too many pieces of technology it, with the idea that we're in a volume play when we should be in a qualifications play. You want to qualify the people, and they want to be qualified for you just like they're qualified for them. But they can't do that unless they have information about you and you have information about them. Well, Beyond let, a demographic. Yeah, like that. that's great. So let me ask you this. If you got a funnel and you're trying to qualify people and 
you know, you're getting them in front of the information about you. I mean, what are, what are the best ways to do that, you know, systematically and seamlessly? Um, again, pay-per-click works seamlessly and systematically. Using auto, using auto webinars works. Doing teleseminars works. Funneling them into you or your team directly to set up a real actual appointment works. Following up to say, hey, we got your order and here's what your next steps are going to be. Just those touches along the line make the funnel work. The funnel is not just the front end getting them in. The funnel is also, it also goes into delivery and customer service on the back end. Because if you do your delivery and customer service on the back end right, they will feed people in the front of your funnel. That's where the referrals come from. Nice, nice. You know, it's so interesting. You know, we're talking about relationships now. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why, uh, you know, we, we, you know, we really love video. And we started using video aggressively almost six years ago when hardly anybody was ever using it. And it gets back to, you know, building that trust relationship where they, they see you, you know, and a lot of people are very visual and auditory and you can, you can accomplish that. They say that when someone watches a one minute video, uh, it's it's the same as it has the same emotional impact as 1.8 million written words, and so we're really big on that. So everything you're talking about really is um, in alignment because you know wouldn't you agree that if someone's selling a product for say a thousand dollars, they're buying David and they get the product or service for free. I mean, what what's your take on that, David? <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh, wrapping oneself and one's experience and one's know-how around the product is what makes the product valuable. Um, the offer is what makes the product because you could have a Yugo, a Volkswagen, or a Mercedes. All three of those, are, they're cars, four wheels, some glass, some, some aluminum, some steel, but it's, it's, it's how it's sold and, and the, the prestige around it and the, the credibility around it that makes it valuable. And our goal as business owners to have, to create valuable exchanges with our clients. And that may, may mean a product. It may mean a service. It may mean consulting. It may mean experience. And the key is that, that I've learned over the last several years, especially along this story leverage line, is my experience has value. And once I understood that and knew that and knew that, and when I do this, this happens, I've been here, and maybe you haven't gone there, and I can help you save some time, effort, or money, or more importantly, some grief, then that's valuable. If I can save you one night, of tapping the, the, your, your fingers against the desk trying to figure it out, then I've done a great job. Well, David, so let me ask you this. What, I know you've talked about doing what works, right? That's one of your favorite optimization formulas and principles. What are, you know, give, us a, give us the top five. I mean, what are the other ones you like? Um, doing what works. Don't, don't chase the shiny objects. Make sure that you actually account for every penny that goes out because advertising is actually an investment and not an expense. Keep costs low. Um, Utilize every marketing channel that you have available to you. If it can carry your voice, carry your image, or carry your words, put your stuff on it. Don't, don't not do that. Capture emails and names. That doesn't mean you have to necessarily put them into an autoresponder and bombard them on a day-to-day basis, but at least capture them and create a lasting impression on first contact. Because you and I both know that you could meet someone one time, but they made a lasting impression the first time you spoke to them then you're going to remember them 5, 10, 15 years later, and you'll still consider them a friend. Um, the other thing, too, is don't close your mind to possibility, meaning if it's out there and it's available, 
Why not try it? You will get the same result if you keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. Try something different. It just might work. And that leads straight into testing. Testing is about trying something different to see if it works better than what you were doing before. Never stop testing. Never, and, and, and that means testing your words, testing the channels, and testing the media that you're on. Those are the things that I, that I, that I hold up as things that work and will continue to work from a principal basis. Very nice, very nice. Wow, that's this is um, this is this is feels like this is about a, a two day seminar condensed down into one hour. I mean, <laughs> this is this is you know, this is really you know powerful stuff. It's um, you know moving forward. What are you really excited about? You know, for twenty fifteen on a personal level, as far as projects and things that you're working on and what 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 really you know what's your big why you know what what are the things that really get your juices going you know moving forward to next year um the, this the story leverage project that i'm working on because it goes beyond just business if i can help someone to understand what their story is and how their story is either helping them or getting in the way that's my big why and I find that business owners are the best to work with because they, they have resources and reach to get to more people. So that's the big thing I'm working on right now. I'm working on with a couple authors that have some great products right now. I have some wonderful pieces of, of capital equipment that I'm working with right now in the energy space. And, and, and I'm looking to, to help people to reduce cost, save time, and reduce their grief in their businesses. That's what I do, and I enjoy it, especially when you get that thank you because you helped someone keep the lights on and or created a job or kept them in business that much longer and more profitably. That's what makes me excited on a day-to-day basis. Got it. Thank you, David. So we're going to wrap this show up here in just a moment. So give us more information and more details about where they go to find out more information on Mr. David Bullock and all the amazing things you have going on. Um, well, my website is, is davidbullock.com. And you can find me there. But I'd like to make an offer to your people who are listening. And it's a simple one. If you want to, to talk about what's happening with your business, and I promise you I can give you a solution within 15 minutes, send me an email to david at davidbullock.net and put Mojo Offer in the subject line. And we will set up a time. We'll spend 15 minutes. You bring me the hardest thing that's, that's grading your nerves or keeping you up at night the thing that's jamming you up the most, and I promise you within 15 minutes we'll have a solution and then we'll decide where to move from there. So send me an email to david at davidbullock.net and put Mojo Offer in the subject line. We'll be sure to get back to you. Right on. Well, thank you so much for being on this program. So that's Corey and I. This is the Mojo Marketing Edge, mojovideomarketing.com. We've just spent uh, some a, a great amount of time with David Bullock just talking about all the amazing business processes, optimization formulas that he's really put together. So... My biggest recommendation is listen to this and implement it and learn from him. Go to his website, get that consultation, and really enhance your business and do it quickly, right? We've got no time to waste. And, uh, you know, before you know it, the year will be over. So, uh, so Corey Michael Sanchez here. This was a great show. We'll see you next week, next Monday at the same time, 1 o'clock Pacific, 4 o'clock Eastern. Looking forward to it. Everybody have a great week and a great Thanksgiving, and we'll talk to you then. Adios. <laughs> Thank you for listening today. Please tune in to The Mojo Marketing Edge with Ira Rosen and Corey Michael Sanchez again next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you next week.